0: Thanks, George, and thanks, Adam. Adam and I uh, used to be involved together in the chapel program here at, at Tyndale, and so it's so good to see everyone again. This morning, um, we're focusing on God's Word from the very beginning. Oh, hi, Kevin, <laughs> in Genesis, um, talking about what it means to be made in God's image. So first of all, unpacking that, and then what are the implications of that? So we're going to read um, just a number of verses from Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we do that again? This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So... Every couple of years, zoos seem to have special exhibits, and um, this one has now left the Toronto Zoo, but I did see this one. And the exhibits are meant to draw in crowds, right? So it's going to be some unique animal, or even better, is if it's a baby unique animal that people will come to see. Well, some years ago, 2005, the London Zoo put on a special exhibit, a very unique one. Behind a sign that said, warning humans in their natural habitat, uh, there were some young homo sapiens monkeying around uh, all day during the day, and they were, you know, sunning on a ledge, playing board games, doing handstands, I guess uh, was part of it, and waving to the spectators. And just like any, any other animal there, a signboard uh, informed visitors about this species' diet and varieties and their habitat and their worldwide distribution and their threats. And the goal of the exhibit, according to a zoo spokesperson was to downplay the uniqueness of human beings as a species. In fact, she said, seeing people in a different environment, among other animals, teaches members of the public that the human, sorry about that, is just another primate. And one of the participants... Agreed. Um, He was quoted as saying, a lot of people think that humans are above other animals. It kind of reminds them that we're not that special. But the Bible says, and let's read this together, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, Male and female, he created them. God bless them. Do you believe that? And, and what difference does that make for you or anyone who believes that? We live in a present Western culture that is inclined to a very different view of the world. And, and that affects how our culture thinks about human beings. It's an atheistic one, meaning no gods. So if you subtract godness from this world or anything spiritual from the cosmos, then all you have is matter and stuff. Humans then are just a collection of matter. We get reduced to being simply physical beings. Our wondrous bodies are only collections of However, you want to break it down: amino acids, molecules, hormones, DNA and those are the things that determine our physical processes. They are the things by sending neuron Im- neuronic impulses down a synapsis, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that controls what you think, what you see, how you feel, what you do, pleasure, endorphins. Male violence, genetic predisposition, testosterone. Pregnant, it's simply fetal tissue. If it's inconvenient, remove it like a tumor. Depression, chemical imbalance in the brain. And so in a worldview like that, There's a physical reason for everything and therefore a physical solution to it as well. And if we don't have the solution yet, it's only because we haven't found it and science has to work a bit harder or longer to uncover it. So therefore, put human beings on display at the London Zoo, lest they think they are different or any better than any other primate here on Earth. Now, I want to give you a little disclaimer here because I don't want you to go home and uh, throw your meds down the toilet or stop taking your insulin or refuse chemotherapy. Of course, humans are physical beings. It's part of how God has made us. He formed us from dust after all. But it's not all that there is to us doesn't explain all of it. We can't be reduced to that because God breathed into that physical matter, God's very own breath. So let's assert that again together. Let's read this together. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. So humans are not just physical, they're also created to be social beings, to interact with each other, to seek community, to be in community, like God. They're also creative beings, they make things and do things, they build and produce, like God. They are also emotional beings. They feel, they respond, they love like God. They're relational beings. We think, we ponder, we decide, we choose. So we're also rational like God. And obviously, we are spiritual beings to have spiritual promptings, spiritual insights. Spiritual responses, like God. So not everything is reduced to physical causes. And that means, nor are all the solutions then, physical solutions. There can be social reasons for something, and social solutions. There can be emotional reasons, and emotional solutions. There can be spiritual reasons, definitely, for all kinds of things. And there are spiritual solutions for them, too. God created human beings complex and interrelated, and the proper view of them is holistic. I was struck by the the personal nature of a story in the news some years ago. And the headline read, The Woman Awaits Landmark Ruling on Sperm Donor Identities. So, the young woman, Olivia, she um, had, her mother had given birth to her by a, a donor, and she challenged the rules that say that sperm donors have the right to anonymity, because she couldn't find out who her father was, who had fathered her, let's say, and her own records had actually been destroyed, so there was no hope of her finding that out anymore, but she wanted anyone in her situation to have the right to know where their genetic material had come from because it wasn't just enough to know genetic material. All she knew about her father was that he was Caucasian and he was a medical student at the time of donation. Genetically, all she knows is that he has a stocky build Brown hair, blue eyes, and type A blood. And guess what? That was not enough. Because she herself is not just some collection of facts and genetic material, she's a person. And the sperm donor is also not simply a collection of physical characteristics and type A blood. He's a person too. And so reducing her biological father to characteristics and genes didn't satisfy her. It doesn't tell the whole story about human beings made in God's image. And actually there was an update to this story recently um, where the Supreme Court declined to hear the case that she was trying to make. So we assert that humans are made in the image of God. What difference does that make in our lives? Well, for one thing, it means that people, human beings, have dignity and worth, and that it is inherent in us that is to say it's built into us by the very nature of being made in god's image it's not something we have to work for or earn or claw for or through our lives through to reach god has gifted human beings with it god is the one who decided it and god is the one who carried it out And what that means is that we stand as Christians for certain things. We stand for certain things. For understanding that this dignity and worth applies to all human beings female and male, born and unborn, young and old, black, brown, Asian, Caucasian, ignorant and educated, poor and rich dirty and clean, blind and sighted. And that means that this aspect of our worldview has enormous implications in our lives. And when we say that we're made in God's image, or all humans are, and we stand for certain things, that means we also stand against certain things that we see as negating or downplaying that humans are made in God's image. For one thing, we stand against abuse. Abuse of any kind. Whether it's child abuse or elder abuse or sexual abuse or verbal abuse. They're all ways of treating others less than the full image of God. Connected to that is any kind of gender exploit exploitation or sexism where anything that would exploit or value one sex over uh, against another and things like pornography and prostitution where then a human full human being is being reduced to just some bits or parts means we stand against racism which says one skin color or race is more or less the image of God than another. And it means we stand against abortion, which reduces a full image of God to a piece of discardable tissue. And it means we think long and hard about end-of-life issues, about war and capital punishment. So, what difference does it make that humans are created in the image of God? Well, dignity and worth. But there's a second implication that has more to do with the world itself. It's about responsibility that God has given us as God's images here on earth. God's gift also entails responsibility, God's blessing on humans includes uh, some specific instructions that have to do with the earth, with the place that we live. God, it says, blessed them, the humans, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. When you read this, It's important to remember whose world it is. It's not my world, or your world, or North America's world, or Donald Trump's world to do with as we please. This is my father's world, as the hymn goes. It's God's world. And when God gives us worth and responsibility, it's so that we will care for this world as God himself would as God did in those first six days, seven days, if you want, uh, of creation. Caring for the world, organizing the world, creating, cultivating, making beauty, causing things to flourish, and at the end of it all, declaring it good and resting. God did those first six days of work, and now he entrusts us, his image bearers, to carry it on while God upholds the whole of it. So we are God's stewards, God's tenants, if you will, until God comes back. And if you think about human beings being tenants, if you were the owner of creation and these were your tenants, would you put up with stewards or tenants? like the human race, human beings collectively? I don't think we get a very good grade on our environmental report card. And yet, as people who know they are the image of God here on earth, we as believers should be at the forefront of taking care of our earth, of those simple three R's, reuse, reduce, recycle, we we can't sing this is my father's world on on church in church on sunday and really mean it if we selfishly and mindlessly pollute god's world at the same time and there's also a history of christians misusing those verses taking words like subdue and rule out of their biblical context and twisting them so that all of creation is there for us to use as we want. Our benefit with a complete disregard for other nation groups or for the considerations of the environment itself or the long-term sustainability of the world. We so easily ignore our responsibility as image-bearing caretakers here on earth. There's a novel called Christ Recrucified, and in it there's a scene in which four village men confess their sins to one another in the presence of a pope. And one of the men, Michaelis, cries out, How can God let us live on earth? Why doesn't he kill us to purify creation? I think that's a very poignant question. Why doesn't God just eliminate human beings so creation can flourish? And the Pope answers this man and says, God... Because God is a potter, he works in mud. We have a God who gets his hands dirty. God is a potter, he works in mud. God formed us, and God knows how we are made. God knows what we are both capable of, the good and the bad, and incapable of— And God has not left us without hope, as Adam referred to as well. God has given us a tangible image of Himself, and that is God's Son, Jesus. And the story of Jesus doesn't start in Luke 2 with a virgin becoming pregnant and this glorious birth noted by amazing prophecies and songs and angels. The story of Jesus goes back to the very beginnings, before time. Jesus was there at the beginning of creation as the image of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created. Jesus was a fully human being who is also fully image of God here on earth. As Colossians also says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that is, Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself, to God, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. God is a potter. God works in mud. But it is mud into which God has breathed God's own life. God stooped down and breathed into human beings the breath, the spirit of life, of the living God. And it's the breath of God himself that breathes in us as living human beings. In and out. In and out. The spirit of God animates us. For we are created in the image of God. Thanks be to God. Let me lead you in prayer. Dear God, there's so much in those few verses, those few words, about ourselves as human beings and your relationship to us. Forgive us for forgetting about some people that they are also made in your image and for taking to reviling them freely. Help us to see that all humans, whether they follow you or not, are created in your image. Perhaps the mirror of their lives needs to be shined up so the image appears more clearly. Help us to see as you see. Help us to love as you love. Help us to care for this world and love it as you yourself do and have done. And thank you so much for your son Jesus who lives and reigns, to intercede on our behalf, to wash us clean from our sin, and by your Holy Spirit also to strengthen us for new life in you every single day. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd invite you to stand for God's parting um, blessing as you go. I, in my tradition, raise my hands and I invite people to stretch them out as a sign of receiving this blessing from God. People of God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord smile on you and fill your life with his peace. And all God's people say, Amen.